All right, we got a 4-3 game now. Tampa over Nashville, a minute 38 to go in the third period there. I mean, it is just like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take a, a, a hockey game that's high scoring right off the bat. Got Hawks and Cavs preseason. We are just loaded, guys. Loaded with sports right now. Best time of the year. Here Best October, time of the year. Man. Football got, every single night. Hell yeah. Like Tuesday night, we get the uh, Conference USA. Pretty soon we're going to have Wednesday night action. And the best part about it, guys, Coastal Carolina has a 14-0 lead over App go. State. They were, uh, See, I told you you didn't want me on it. They were five-and-a-half-point dogs. <laughs> you now, want me on that. Look at Grayson McCall. He's just look at that he's, mullet. He's ready to go. Man, that is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. What would it take for, for you to grow a mullet? I don't look good with a mullet. Um, I had a feeling you had one at some know? point because I grew my hair out the one time and it looked terrible. So I could only imagine what it would look like just with the with the business in the back. It wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> the be business, the in business the in the back. I'm not a mullet guy too. Uh, like I, I see like a couple of my buddies back home have, have started doing this thing. I like the shaved, like the George Kittle type mullet look. I guess he doesn't really have a mullet. What would you? Uh, who am I trying to think of? Who has a mullet, like a specifically an actual mullet? Like an actual mullet. I guess uh, Grayson McCall, that's kind of the, I mean, the yeah. look right there. Grayson McCall's got a legit one. Kenny Powers. Well, yes, Kenny Powers. Still. Yeah, Danny McBride. Oh, man. I see, I can't I can't make that work. I look like a hillbilly. <laughs> well, that's the point. Couldn't do it. That's Couldn't the point. That's yeah. how it goes. I don't All right, Alex Gold jumps on with us. I don't know if he's ever had a mullet, but we'll find out. Host Seems of Cody like and Gold, guy. the betting show, 610 Sports in Kansas City. Also, countdown to Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on BetQL. You ever had a mullet, Alex? Ever done that before? You've always got freshly cut hair, so I feel like you're not a mullet guy. Never had a mullet. Definitely probably not my not my thing. I uh, usually a little more clean cut. I was thinking of Mike Gundy, though, when you guys were rattling oh, off names. Easy um, answer. Mike man. Gundy, doesn't he, does he still have it? He does. Yeah, he's still got the yeah. same haircut he had when he was 40 and he was a man. Yeah, that, that's a good call. Yeah, I feel like you can't get rid of it. Thank You know, see, this that's is what we call. need. Right off the bat, Alex contributing with exactly what we needed. Mullet talk. That's the most important. Uh, we can also <laughs> get into mustache talk if we want. Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to talk about Taylor Swift. I'm sure you've talked about that enough. And thankfully, as far as we know, she wasn't at the game this weekend, but do we know anything about I know he got back in there, the the ankle, is that going to be a problem short week for them with Thursday Night Football coming up? I was surprised he gave it a go today, guys. He was limited in practice, and, and that was, I think, a good sign that you know he's clearly making some inroads with lobbying with the coaching staff to be available, but I think right now it's going to trend in the same direction as week one. We all remember against the Detroit Lions, he had that hyperextended knee on that Tuesday practice. And they said, oh, he's going to give it a go on game day. And he kept lobbying and lobbying, and they, they held him out. I still think short week, it's the Denver Broncos. It's early in the year. He's now 34 years old. I know he's going to do everything to play, but I, I still would lean, if you make me bet on him playing or not, I, I would lean to him not playing. But mm-hmm. I, I will also say him just being out of practice today in a limited fashion uh, was even surprising to a lot of people in Kansas City. I just don't think there's any reason uh, to push that thing. In terms of the rest of the offense, Alex, I'm just curious who you think is going to step in and be that number two receiver because MVS and Sky Moore lead the Chiefs with 430 snaps together, and they've only really produced 239 yards and, and one TD all year. Like So in, in from what you've seen, who is going to be that, that Juju Smith-Schuster for this team? million-dollar question that everybody is still trying to actually pinpoint five weeks into this NFL season. I mean, Justin Watson is pacing to be the leading wide receiver for this football team, and that's not a shot at Justin Watson, but that was clearly not the plan for the Chiefs. The plan was for Kadarius Toney 
to be the number one wide receiver. Well, he can't stay healthy even when he's been on the field this year. The snaps have been severely limited, and he's turned into more of a gadgety type of wide receiver at this point. I think the answer, though, if you were to ask anybody right now about who's trending in the best direction to end up being the guy that eventually you might be able to count on as that reliable move-the-chain type of guy outside of Kelsey, it's the rookie Rasheed Rice, guys, at SMU. You know, he's got to clean up some of these drops. But he's the most promising player in this wide receiver room. He's surpassed Sky Moore. Even though Sky Moore is getting more of the snaps, I think that needs to change here in a hurry. For Rasheed Rice to only get 30% of the snaps, yet get another touchdown on Sunday, to me, to look the best. He's getting separation. Something that very few in this wide receiver room can do right now. I mean, that's the biggest problem for Sky Moore. Not that he's not on the field, but the guy just can't get separation. You know, he's... He's not a bust yet, but he's certainly trending in that direction. And, you know, Rasheed Rice, I think, is the guy that everybody's turned their attention to now in Kansas City. You think there's a possibility that they'll look outside of those walls and maybe go and try to get somebody who's on the trade block right now? We see that Denver's looking to maybe move on uh, for the right price from Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Like, were they a, a player for, for Chase Claypool? Like, I hear Nicole Hartman wants to come back. Yeah, so Chase Claypool, I don't think they had any interest in him, and it sounds as if McCole Hardman is, based off of their own actions, really not somebody they're all that interested in. You look at he signed a one-year $4 million contract with the Jets this past offseason. If they wanted McCole Hardman back, they very easily could have made that work. I think this is an organization that, that has kind of moved on from McCole Hardman. I, I think the names to watch uh, will be closer to the 31st deadline. Would someone like Hollywood Brown become available out there in Arizona or anybody else. You know, at one point people thought before the season a Mike Evans type, but we all know the Bucks are sitting there in first place in the NFC South, so maybe the dynamic uh, with that has changed. I, I, I think the tricky part still for them at the deadline, even though they've made moves in the past, Tony last year, a couple of years ago they went out and found, you know, some defensive pieces, is still where they're at in the cap. I mean, they don't have a ton of flexibility here, and are they willing to give up draft capital and have the finances to kick over to the next year to make it work. But I I do think there's a chance they're a player if things don't get a little bit better. But right now, they seem comfortable with kind of this committee approach. I I think at some point they're going to have to whittle down the numbers. I mean, if you start going deep dive since week one, six, seven different receivers getting action, getting snaps, I think at some point you got to start narrowing this in. And maybe it's, you know, MVS is always going to be part of it. Justin Watson is always going to be part of it. But – I, I think Rasheed Rice should be that third guy. And then after that, if you want to work in a, a Kadarius Tony and a Sky Moore, that's fine. Uh, maybe Justin Ross is somebody that some people think is trending in the right direction. But I think at some point, you can't just be planning on six or seven guys. To me, that's hard to, to get any rhythm for these wide receivers as well. And Alex, that's why I was going to ask you, do you think the defense gets enough credit, especially Spags? Because like the secondary, you saw it against Justin Jefferson. Legereus needs the real deal. I mean, this season, you look at the pro football focus numbers, all the numbers. I mean, he's been awesome. 30 targets. He's given up just 14 completions, a career low, 46.7 completion percentage. And then you still have McDuffie. Do you think the defense gets enough credit? Because I think they're kind of like carrying this team a little bit while they do get things figured out offensively and get Kelsey healthy here the next couple of weeks. Yeah, too. I'm with you, Ryan. No question. I, I, you know, We've been trying to push that here on, on our local show, that this defense, no question, is why you have time to get this thing figured out. Why they're a team that doesn't have their offense figured out, yet they're 4-1, and one, and they're not sitting like a lot of teams that are back at 2-3. and three. It's because they've got a top 10, if not top 5 defense right now, and it's all about that secondary. I mean, yeah. McDuffie, to me, nationally, 
doesn't get the respect because he doesn't have the crazy interception numbers. It's weird. He's the best corner in football that I know of that never has an interception. It's pretty remarkable, and I think it's because teams aren't really throwing his direction. They just locked down Justin Jefferson uh, for 28 yards prior to his injury in the fourth quarter. Both Snead and McDuffie did that. You look at Justin Reed, one of their, their veteran safeties. This defense is the real deal, and it's surprising right now that there's still room to grow because they're 19th or so in sacks. Last year they were top three, and they weren't a top ten defense. Right now they're a top ten defense, and the sacks aren't there yet. You know, Chris Jones I think has five, but they're not getting a ton of sack numbers elsewhere. They're going to get Charles Amenahue, who was actually their biggest signing outside of Jawan Taylor in the offseason, but he's been suspended for the first six games. And so when he starts to work back in the mix, I think that could help with the pass rush, but there's no question uh, Steve Spagnuolo deserves a ton of credit. This is the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had, which is, of course, getting a lot of people excited here because the thought is at some point this offense, even though they're ninth right now in scoring, will figure this thing out, and now Patrick Mahomes might have a legit top-10 defense, and, and it seems like that obviously uh, is kind of a game-changer if that, in, in fact, is actually going to be what they're going to be by the time they get to the postseason still. Talking to Alex Gold, Bet MGM tonight. Are we've talked a lot about just big picture with the Chiefs. Let's look at Thursday night. You got the Broncos coming to town. Chiefs ten and a half point favorites. We know the narrative. I'm sure you've talked about it more than enough. There, uh, the Chiefs don't like to cover, especially big numbers. They make things a little more complicated than it needs to be over the past couple of seasons. What's the early thought, just feeling out there in terms of how this game could go, and especially if Travis Kelsey's not playing, that's got to be a concern. No, it is. You know, I think uh, there's not much respect towards the Broncos, not mm. just because of this year's team, which has a historically bad defense. But remember, guys, the Chiefs have won 15 straight straight up. Not covered, of course, but straight up against the Broncos, going back to 2015. I mean, this has been complete domination. We know the division's been something Mahomes has had no problem with. But even going back to the Alex Smith days, they were beating the Broncos. Ten and a half's a big number. You're exactly right. I mean, this, this is the team that doesn't cover big numbers regularly whatsoever. I just wonder, guys, at this point, this is even a worse Denver Broncos defense because the defense, the <laughs> offense might be better. But we just got done talking about the Chiefs defense being top ten. Broncos are trending as a historically bad defense right now. And, and so I wonder, because it's a divisional game and everybody is thinking that this is going to just be a blowout, we do see this play out, especially with Thursday night. You know, this could be one of those where Chiefs fans are upset Friday morning and they only win 24-17 to 17 or something. Like, that actually wouldn't stun me, where everybody's like, well, they couldn't even get to 30 against the Broncos defense. They're just not right. I feel like that could be one of our topics on our local show Friday morning. It feels like that's where we're trending, even though I don't think it's going to be a stressful game. I just don't know if the Chiefs are winning the way some people here locally believe, which is, you know, they're going to win 45-17. to 17. I just – I don't see that. That's a good problem to have, Alex, really. I mean, it's just <laughs> – <laughs> honestly, being a Chiefs fan must be so hard. Uh, as you look around the rest of the NFL and as, as the Chiefs do, who gives you the biggest scare? Well, across the league, I mean, right now it's, it's no doubt the 49ers. I mean, they're the most complete team. They beat favorites over anybody – in football right now if the Super Bowl were tomorrow. It is October, so we'll see where things trend for everybody else. But the 49ers, I mean, there's just, you know, you got a quarterback on a rookie deal, and so we've seen how they've spread around the money and the talent. Kyle Shanahan, to me now, guys, is in the uh, Andy Reid category prior to winning the rings, right, where we all know Kyle Shanahan is his great head coach, but he hasn't won it. The same kind of thought we had about Andy Reid. So at some point, Kyle Shanahan's getting the ring, and this might be the team that does it. 
So across the league, that's the team. But in the AFC, which is probably more what you were talking about, Trista, I, I think right now it's difficult to figure out who that one team is. A week ago, my answer was Buffalo, right? Everybody was in love with the Bills, but they're getting too banged up defensively. I think that's going to be a major problem unless they can go find a corner to trade for. White out for the year, Milano out for the year now at the linebacker spot, Von Miller still coming back on that snap count. Um, the Miami Dolphins are, are really interesting to me, and that's probably my answer now. It's just their defense also is up in the air. But if two is healthy, that group of playmakers, and the Chiefs will play them in Germany here in a couple weeks, I mean, that's as good as it gets. And I, I don't think there, anybody can have an answer for Tyreek Hill. It's just the, the wild card there is whether or not you think two is available come wild card weekend, come divisional round AFC title game weekend. Alex, we got about uh... – Two seconds here, or no, I'm sorry, two, two minutes. Jesus, two <laughs> seconds. I wouldn't be able to get anything in. That's what I told my wife. Uh, two minutes here, Alex. Ayo. And so I got I to gotta move things over here really quickly because uh, the Chiefs are really good. They're probably going to cover and beat the Broncos. But Kansas basketball, the infractions ruling expected coming yeah. up tomorrow. Um, this has been going on now for, what, six years? What, what, what do we get tomorrow with Kansas basketball? So I, I seemed excited maybe when you started talking about that because I'm glad it's about to be over. I'm a KU That's, grad. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it's about to be over because it's taken too long. And frankly, I think it's going to be pretty light tomorrow because it's, it's, it's lasted this long. You know, so these kids that are in school right now were 12 years old when these infractions <laughs> took place. And, look, I'm not telling you that Kansas didn't do some of the things that they were alleged to have done. I, they absolutely were cheating at the time with the way the rules were going down. I just think a lot of these issues are now legal in the game and we see this happen and the fact that KU I think unfortunately you know you know parents want to claim you know right you know you want to do everything the right way but let's be honest Ryan this is an example of where not cooperating with the NCAA and dragging it out was the best decision Kansas made you got plenty of schools that cooperate in these NCAA investigations and they get screwed over by the by the NCAA Kansas refused to cooperate yeah. they got lawyers involved they dragged it on and so I think Tomorrow, worst-case scenario, in my opinion, is some wins from that season are vacated, so they go behind Kentucky again in most wins in NCAA history. Mm-hmm. Maybe that Final Four uh, gets vacated. That's worst-case scenario stuff. I think more likely a loss of a scholarship. Uh, Bill Self maybe gets another three- to five-game suspension against North Dakota Tech State <laughs> University, and um, that's about it. I hate the NCAA. Like, oh, love college sports, but hate the NCAA. Absolutely yeah, just God, the Ted worst Walker's of the worst. And we know you can vacate whatever you want, but in the end, it all still happens. Like, Reggie Bush won the Heisman. Get over it. Alex right, Gold, absolutely. always good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to make men in black us. Like, I saw Reggie It never Bush. happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it. Avert your eyes for stuff. We yeah. never saw such a thing. Reggie Bush never won that Heisman, ever. No. Ever. No. Chase Kitty next. Fed MGM the night.